Washington, D.C. Acknowledge me. Chris Russell on the Team 980. I'm not trying to be a jerk. The NFL season is over. How do you like them apples? But what a second half at overtime we had last night. Woo! Man! How about that? I'll tell you what. As bad as the first half was... And really, into the third quarter was the setup, the appetizer. Appetizer gone wrong. You know, like, remember Girls Gone Wild was like an appetizer for something else? This was like an appetizer for, hey, we're going to give you all the bad football. And then we're going to actually allow you to watch a really exciting conclusion. And that's what we got last night, boys and girls. That's what we got in Le Super Bowl. How about that? 25-22. The Kansas City Chiefs. Back to back. Head up belly to belly. John Sterling style. We got to get that for a drop of some sort. Sterling doing a back-to-back call. It it just drives me crazy, which is why I say it occasionally. Um, but it's, I mean, all a lot of his home run calls drive me crazy. Uh, but especially the back-to-back style, because it's the back-to-back and the belly-to-belly. The Kansas City Chiefs go back-to-back and a belly-to-belly with the Super Bowl, and have now won three. Not one, not two, but three Super Bowls in the last five years. And they beat Kyle Shanahan and the San Francisco 49ers a second time in that span. First, let me say this. I feel terrible for guys like Trent Williams, Coaches that, you know, again, were players here when I was with the team in the building. Leonard Hankerson, Daryl Tapp that are on the coaching staff. Coaches that were here under Mike and Kyle. Bobby Turner, Chris Furster. Coaches that have left. Bobby Slowick Jr. Mike McDaniel, obviously. Raheem Morris. Not that Raheem was with San Francisco, but you get the point. Matt LaFleur. And I feel, of course, terrible for Kyle Shanahan. I mean, how many times can you get to the biggest game of your life and not only lose, but also blow a sizable lead? Blow a sizable lead. That's three Super Bowls that Kyle Shanahan has been intricately involved in, one as an offensive coordinator, two as a head coach, both against, obviously, Kansas City as the head coach, in which they've blown, at some point, 10-point leads. 
But let's be perfectly honest. Last night, they blew a 10-point lead, which was 10 points until, I don't know, uh, the 30-second mark. Uh, Actually, it's 20-second mark of the second quarter. Way, 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 way different than blowing a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter in Miami with nine minutes left to go four years ago to the Chiefs. Way, 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 way different. Not even the same. So anybody that's running around like a chicken with their cut head cut off today, go, see, I told you, Kyle Shanahan choked. Kyle Shanahan has Hershey squirts in his underwear, his boxer shorts, in every big game that he played. Uh, you know who you are. I don't have to call you out. Relax. It was a 10-point lead until 20 seconds left to go in the second quarter. It was never, never anything more than a seven-point lead after that. Right? I mean, Butker, who kicked the 28-yarder to make it 10-3 near the end of the first half, then kicks the 57-yarder in the third quarter with about five minutes left to go, making it 10-6. And then Kansas City scores again. Why? After the muffed, not really fair to call it a muffed pun on Ray May, Ray, 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 Ray McLeod. It hit off of the ankle, the heel of one of his blockers. He was trying to point it out. He could have probably done a better job getting that ball in his hands to avoid disaster. He did not, so I can't sit here and say he's completely free of blame. But at that point, it went from 10 nothing to 10-3 to 10-6 to 13-10 because on the very next play, when Kansas City recovers... Marquez Valdez-Scantling, better known as MVS, sounds like a tag team combo wrestling kind of name or something like that, catches a 16-yard seed from Patrick Mahomes on a one-play drive. Again, one play, four seconds. Boom. Totally different game. And it's 13-10 Kansas City. Of course, San Francisco comes right back, and they score on a Jawan Jennings 10-yard slant. Nice drive. Brock Purdy was great. Tony Romo was licking the boots of Kyle Shanahan because Kyle Shanahan, from his perch on the sideline, knew exactly what kind of matchup he was going to get, drew it up on the grease board, and said, Ah! I'm going to get my number three receiver against their number one corner. Or earlier in the drive on like a 20-yard completion when Tony Romo was going on the air on CBS because Kyle Shanahan got, I think it was Brandon Ayuk, against the safety. Guess what, America? It happens! Watch any football game in America. Sometimes you're going to get a wide receiver on a safety. 
depending on matchup, situation, team, talent, positioning, alignment, adjustment, check. Guess what? It happens. We don't need to lick the boots and anything else of every offensive coordinator and play caller and play designer because they get an advantageous matchup. We can say, hey, you know what? Okay, good call, good credit. But it takes a bunch of things to go right in order to make that play successful. Protection, good throw, good read, or I should say protection, good read, good throw, nice catch. It's not just, hey, the play caller, boy, did he know for sure he was going to get a matchup with a safety. And yet that's what Tony Romo was googly moogly over. On the same drive, notice there was no Tony Romo when the number three receiver, Jawan Jennings, who was their best receiver last night. Uh, well, maybe that's a stretch. I, I, he was their most impactful player, I guess, outside of Brock Purdy. Notice there was no word. No mention when he when Kyle Shanahan drew up the whatever magical potion he draws up on the sideline, and he got Jawan Jennings, the number three receiver for the San Francisco 49ers, on a slant crosser against Legereus Sneed, who arguably, and maybe he's not, he's 1A if he's not 1, Kansas City's best corner because McDuffie is really good too, as we saw Throughout the night, I mean, McDuffie had one bad play, the holding on third down and overtime that extended that drive for the football. But when he got Jawan Jennings for the touchdown on that same drive that he was licking the boots of Kyle Shanahan on and singing the praises of, when he got him a number three versus a number one and number three makes a damn play and Brock Purdy throws another frozen rope, there's nothing to talk about there, right? Well, look at Kyle Shanahan, the mad scientist, drawing up a number three receiver versus a number... Oh, oh, wait a second. We can't talk about that. We can only talk about the other thing. You know why? Because Kyle Shanahan ain't drawing any of that up. He's not drawing up what defense... He's going to get, he can't possibly know. He can anticipate, oh, hey, based on this formation, based on this down and distance, this is how they might play it. Based on advanced film study, based on analytics, but he can't control that. He doesn't know that for sure. He doesn't make that play call because he thinks Steve Spagnola is not going to be able to match up in a triple bunch with three receivers? Come on now. Let's relax. Let's slow down. I, I just so sick and tired of everybody going, I mean, you hear it nonstop on these broadcasts. Oh, Kyle Shanahan's such a genius. Oh, 
Steve Spagnuolo is such a genius. Oh, you know, Mike McDonald's such a genius. Oh, Ben Johnson, slurp, slurp, such a genius. How about giving credit to the players? How about looking at the players? Sure, the players have to be guided in a certain way. They have to be used properly for everything to work. The players make the plays. Just like, and I promise you this is leading to something, it is not, and let me repeat and be as clear as I possibly can, it is not primarily Kyle Shanahan's fault as to why the 49ers lost Super Bowl 58. It is N-O-T, not Kyle Shanahan's primary or exclusive fault. I've already made this point on Twitter, and many of you told me I was wrong. Some of you told me I was right. Go figure. There were some really good points. If you want to look at the thread of responses on my Twitter feed, at WrestleMania621, X feed, whatever, from last night, when I said, again, essentially, Kyle Shanahan deserves some of the blame. I'm not sitting here. I'm not stupid. I wasn't born yesterday. I didn't get hit with the stupid tree on the way down. Okay? I get it. The head coach, the offensive play caller in this case, and the head coach are somewhat responsible for everything that goes on. I got it. I understand that. We'll get more into Kyle's decision-making process. But while America, and maybe the world, blames Kyle Shanahan largely, if not exclusively, for the 49ers' loss, I'm scratching my head and saying, Matt, do you know what the final score of the game was? Yes, I do. It was a real close batch, uh, 25-22, in overtime. In in overtime. So... Help me do some math here, because I only went to Buffalo State University. I did not go to a uh, a premier institution of learning like a Harvard or you know, I didn't go to one of those either. Yale or anything. But I, like I still that. might be able to help you here. Okay, twenty five minus twenty two is what? What? What difference in in terms of points is that? It's three, according to my fingers. Three. Okay. So if it's a three point difference in the final score. Yeah. And the game went into overtime, correct? Yes, that, that's correct. And in order for a game to go into overtime, what does that mean the score has to be at the end of regulation? Uh, last I checked, that means tie? What's a tie? Is that, is, I, I think is that, that means what that you do to your shoelaces? Well, yes, but it also uh-huh. means that the scores are the same. Oh. Wait, so you're telling me that there was a three-point difference in the game. Yes. And the score was the same at the end of regulation. For both seeds. It's Te- almost teams. like these were two very evenly matched good teams. Wow. So let me l- l- let me figure this out. It's Kyle Shanahan's fault, largely or exclusively, as so many have told me and I've seen elsewhere. It's Kyle Shanahan's fault that because he decided to take the ball first out of overtime or – because the 49ers were 3 of 12 on third down. And again, he does play a role in that. Or because the 49ers defense and pass rush 
had no juice in the fourth quarter and in overtime. That's Kyle Shanahan's fault exclusively or mostly as to why the 49ers lost Super Bowl 58 last night. Uh, I personally would uh, have to say no, but I also think that that you bring up a good point with people arguing that him deciding to take the ball first was a negative. I mean, the rules of overtime have changed, obviously. New game, both teams get an option to score historically getting the ball first in overtime basically means that you're not guaranteed the win, but it's a, you do it in regular season. Oh, a hundred percent. This will because change it's first touchdown to win, not matching possessions. Oh yeah. This will change how it's perceived entirely right. because a, you give your offense time to rest, recuperate and get back to what they need to for that drive. Cause they are guaranteed to drive. Right. And if you can stop them, then Congrats, even if you get a field goal, that's game. More importantly, aha, you give your defense a chance to rest after giving up a long regulation drive of 11 plays. 11 plays. Granted, only a minute and 50 seconds on the clock, Yeah, but 11 plays in which you're trying to generate muster, pass rush, matching coverages, so on, and so forth. Here's the deal. Kyle Shanahan made a curious decision. Kyle Shanahan made a decision that I wouldn't advise him to make. To say that Kyle Shanahan is largely or exclusively or wholly responsible for the 49ers losing an overtime game by three points is about as absurd as it gets. Yet there are people out there with a platform There are people out there that are running around screaming that this is all on Kyle Shanahan. And I say it's partially on Kyle Shanahan. However, however, people, what do I always say? Football is played on three sides of the ball, if you will. There's the offense, which some people believe is the only thing that exists about professional football at this point. There's the defense, which those of us that are in the right neighborhood value and still say you can win games and championships because, oh, by the way, the Kansas City Chiefs partially won a Super Bowl if not largely won a Super Bowl, if you include the regular season and even large stretches of last night, how? How? By their defense! And then on top of that, here's how you don't blame Kyle Shanahan. The 49ers gave up seven points directly off of a special teams blunder and then lost a point they could have gained based off of a extra point block. So, boys and girls, children of all ages, help me out because, again, I did not go to a premier institute of learning. If I told you they gave up seven points directly on the next play, after a special teams punt cover blunder, a uh, punt 
return blunder. And they had an extra point blocked in a different sequence. Would you say that that's eight potentially lost points or seven points given to San Francisco and one point lost on your end? And if the seven points, just the seven points alone that you gift wrap to the Kansas City Chiefs doesn't occur, if those seven points don't occur, guess who's won the Super Bowl? Guess who has become the only father-son combination? The duo that you guys ran out of town and took Robert Griffin's side for. Stupidly, by the way, as I told you back then. So don't you dare, don't you dare blame Kyle largely, overwhelmingly, or exclusively. Don't you damn dare. And don't you ever, ever tell me you can't win a championship with defense. Because as usual, old Barry Horowitz was right, baby. 123 on the Team 980. All right. little over the top, but you get my point. That's how we do it around here. We, we are not, you know, we, we don't sit on the fence a lot. We don't do conventional, boring and bland sports talk radio around here. We tell you how it is, and we tell you with passion, fire, and vinegar. Don't you dare blame Kyle Shanahan exclusively or overwhelmingly. That's stupid, and it's wrong. And don't you ever tell me, don't you ever tell me that you can't win a defense based on championship. Not that the Chiefs defense did it by themselves, but they carried this Chiefs team like a piano on the back for a large, large part of the season and last night. That's the truth, whether you want to admit it or not. 301-230-0980, Your reaction to Super Bowl 58. Did Kyle screw up? Did Kyle kill his team? Or are you with me and you say special teams number one to blame? And how about that pass rush disappearing down the stretch? Where was Chase Young? Where was Joey Bosa or Nick Bosa or one of the flying Bosa brothers? Where was Eric Armstead when they needed him the most? 301-230-0980, your calls, your reaction. Super Bowl 58 goes the way of the Kansas City Chiefs. And your reaction coming up next on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. Go back to back. Little belly to belly. Yeah, baby, it is the end of the road for the football season and for the San Francisco 49ers as they lose Super Bowl 58 last night. Despite playing, nobody should say, a great game by any stretch. They did not. But they played a fairly good game. Fairly good. They made a ton of mistakes. That's going to happen. But that is the reason why they lost, 
not because of some dumb decision by Kyle Shanahan. Which, by the way, we don't even know if it was dumb because the reasoning, at least, that Kyle gave, assuming that he's telling the truth, is they thought with the equal possession rule that goes into place in the playoffs, unless there's, of course, a defensive score, which essentially replaces the equal possession, because of the equal possession rule, he thought it was important, at least based on what he said, to have the third possession of overtime, if it went that far, which it did not, the third possession in which it's sudden death, do or die, which I do understand to some degree. The problem is, if there was analytics that told you to do that, even if there wasn't analytics, if there's common sense that told you to do that, I don't know how sensible that is, considering there's no guarantee, far, far, far from a guarantee, that you're getting to a third possession in overtime. Not not impossible, but not likely. Not likely. But... If that was the reasoning, it does make some sense. I personally wouldn't have done it. I can't say I thought about it until I heard Kyle talk about it. I had an NFL coach text me immediately, essentially, what the bleep is Kyle Shanahan doing? NFL coach. Current. What the bleep is Kyle Shanahan doing? Okay? So, we weren't the only ones confused. But, here's the problem. As many have pointed out, you gave the Chiefs essentially four downs to beat you instead of three downs because they knew that they had to go for it on fourth down because they had already, meaning San Francisco, put up a field goal. They had put up points. Whereas, possibly, if San Francisco had not scored points on their first drive of overtime, maybe Andy Reid doesn't go for it on the quarterback keeper to Patrick Mahomes. Maybe. Don't know. Maybe he does because teams are so aggressive and teams don't want to lose by being timid and cautious. We'll get more into that as we go along. Super Bowl 58 in the books. How much do you blame Kyle Shanahan? All? Mostly? Halfway? A little bit? Partially? Whatever way you want to call it. And then also, did you find yourself A little heartbroken. I don't expect you to be heartbroken for Kyle Shanahan, but for Trent Williams and even for Chase Young last night as they couldn't squeeze one more play, one more point, one more good situation out to win a Super Bowl, the first for each. And it obviously would have been the first for Kyle. 
301-230-0980. Let's do a quick trending alert, and then we'll get right back to your calls because we do have some breaking news uh, in the NFL and specific to the Commanders. All right, so we've been waiting for this hire. The Commanders have hired former Bills and Giants offensive line coach Bobby Johnson as their new offensive line coach under Dan Quinn. Of course, they had tried to hire Lunda Wells, the tight ends coach of the Dallas Cowboys, last week to be their new O-line coach. Uh, But that move was denied and blocked by the Cowboys. Also, Ryan Kerrigan staying around. Uh, as was somewhat expected, as the assistant linebackers coach and a pass rush specialist, multiple reports confirming, including uh, Ben Standig and Nikki Javala. Meanwhile, a politician in Virginia states that the deal is dead for Monumental Sports Network and the Washington Capitol, uh, Monumental Sports, I should say, not network, Monumental Sports and the Capitals and Wizards to move to Virginia, even though, even though there is still plenty to be played in this particular game. And finally, back to college football, UCLA replacing Chip Kelly with Deshaun Foster. That's right. Longtime assistant coach, former star player for the Bruins, Deshaun Foster getting the head job at UCLA. And that's what's trending. It is a Motown Monday as we wrap up Super Bowl 58. We're going right out to your calls right here, right now. 301-230-0980, 301-230-0980. Let me say one thing about the 49ers. Listen, I feel terrible for Dre Greenlaw. I mean, who, pl- who blows an Achilles celebrating a special teams play on the sideline? Ugh, terrible, right? Uh, and he is one of the reasons why Travis Kelsey came alive in the second half. Travis Kelsey had, like, what, one catch in the first half? He had nine for the rest of the game. That injury happened, I think, late in the second quarter. I I mean, come on. I, I mean. I would say that Travis really wasn't even playing until the last quarter in those last couple drives, that he was very efficient in those last couple drives that made up for a majority yep. of his yardage. No, but that's fair. He was kind of a non-entity for that's a fair. large portion, which almost points to this being such a defensive battle that yep. – for a majority of the game, you were on your third option because that was the only guy that was even slightly open. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, Fred Werner's awesome. Awesome. But Fred Werner and Dre Greenlaw together is a combination. It's so locked down that it's not even funny. Right. I, I mean, not that they can't ever be picked on. But, again, Fred Werner by himself or largely by himself is not the same as Fred Werner and Dre Greenlaw together, okay? Werner had a, a 13 tackles last night. Uh, I got to check what he was in coverage, according to PFF. Uh, but, again, losing Greenlaw the way they did, heartbreaking, and the impact that it had in the second half, and to your point, Maddie, down the stretch, especially Kelsey on that last on that late last play uh, in regulation, 22 yards, 21 yards, whatever it was on the crossing route on third down, you know, uh, that's, I mean, that's huge. Uh, So, look, also Debo Samuel came up lame with the hamstring. Now he came right back in the next series. But do we know that 
Debo Samuel wasn't affected by that? I mean, the numbers would tell us that he sure as hell was. Now, some of that is Brock Purdy. 11 targets, three catches, 33 yards. Basically a non-factor, Debo Samuel. And how about this? And again, this is where people are going to strike back and say, see, Chris, it's Kyle Shannon's fault. He didn't get George Kittle involved. Maybe the Kansas City Chiefs defense is so damn good, George Kittle didn't get involved because George Kittle was blanketed. Three cat, three targets, two catches, four yards for George Kittle. If you would have told me this Super Bowl would have played out and the 49ers would have so many chances to win and lost ultimately in overtime by three, and Debo Samuel would have three catches for 33, and George Kittle would have two catches for four, a combined five catches for 37, I would have told you no way. No way. And yet, there the 49ers were. All right, 301 Let's get out to the phones. Uh, talk to Johnny in D.C. in the leadoff spot here on the Team 980. What's up, Johnny? How are you? All right. How y'all doing this morning? What's going on, John? Johnny, you I there? just wanted to yeah, say a okay. few things. Yeah, I'm here. I okay. just wanted to say a few things off from the beginning of one, I, I think it's kind of dismissive of the coaching staff and their planning to just say it was just defense. That's first. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs had a had a better game plan for their defense than the 49ers did. Secondly, I would also like to say that I have to put that also on Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan's uh, his scheming in these last few Super Bowls, even going back to when he was coaching with the Atlanta Falcons. They left something on the table each game. You know, do you blame him directly? I don't see how you can't. And lastly, I have to say this. Good offense beats good defense in today's NFL. Great players make great plays. Ordinary players make ordinary plays when it's time to come down to the wire when you really need them. And that's where I'm in mind. Y'all have a good morning. All right. Thank you, Johnny. I, I mean, listen, I'm not sitting here telling you that it wasn't a great plan by the Kansas City Chiefs or whatever to kind of stymie San Francisco. Of course, Steve Spagnuolo is an aggressive defensive coordinator. I think he blitzed 50, I think it was 52% of the time last night versus uh, by next-gen stats. I'll, I'll double-check that. But I believe it was like 52% of the time. I think the most that he had all year. Listen, Part of the reason why we picked the Chiefs going into the week, going into the weekend, was because I didn't think that the 49er offensive line outside of Trent Williams would be able to hold up. I didn't know if Brock Purdy would be able to hold up, even though he's been pretty good against the Blitz. And he was not bad last night. But I I thought that would be a factor. And I'll tell you this, on a couple of those third downs, especially the third and four where McDuffie screams in off the right edge and is in Brock Purdy's face and lights him up like a Christmas tree, legally. I mean, that was huge. Of course, some of it is Kyle Shanahan's fault, right? I mean, Kyle Shanahan with a 10-3 lead at halftime and a half an hour, basically, to prepare for the third quarter in between, I think came out through... I want to say it was like 11 out of 12 passes or 11 out of 12 plays to start the third quarter. They went, they went out, you know, each time. 
Uh, maybe not three and out. Uh, let me see here. Uh, 49ers, third quarter. Three plays, four yards, including uh, – and, and then there was a five-yard penalty, so a negative one-yard punt. Next drive, three plays, negative one yard. Again, drive, negative one yard, punt. Next series, all in the third quarter, three plays, zero yards, punt. I believe, again, I believe um, it was 11 out of 12 to start the second half, meaning leaking into the 12-play, 75-yard drive that they actually did score a touchdown, but I have to double-check that. But in the third quarter, nine plays, nine plays for the 49ers offense, negative two yards. Nine plays, negative two yards with a 10-3 lead. You, I mean, listen, I can defend Kyle Shanahan until the cows come home. You just can't have that. You cannot have that at all, period. Uh, let's get to um, uh, let's go to Lenny in Maryland. What up, Lenny? How are you? Hey, Chris, are you there? Yeah, I got you, Len. What's going on? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Thanks a lot. Uh, as far as um, yesterday's game, we mentioned Kyle Shanahan. There were uh, I heard Shannon Sharp say at one time, uh, but he was on undisputed. A lot of times, games fall down to a package, maybe eight or nine plays out of all of them. Last night, I think, was moments. And the two key moments to me that I put on Coach Shanahan was that third and four uh, where they were at the two-minute mark mm-hmm. um, to try to go ahead and end the game. I thought they should have went for it. Um, and then also in the overtime, uh, when they, I thought they were about to score and they got to the goal field goal, I thought they should have went for it. And the reason I say that, Chris, is because on, you, on, you, you know, mean on the on the fourth and on the fourth and four from Kansas City's nine yard line, you would have gone for it in that spot. Well, no, no, not for Kansas City when they were driving in the overtime. Right? No, um, yeah, San, no, San Francisco. I'm saying like San Francisco had it fourth and four on the KC nine in overtime, and they and they kicked the field goal right, instead. You right, would have right, you, you would have gone goal. for it there. Going for it, and the reason I mm-hmm. say that, Chris, is because we're not going against an ordinary human being and yeah. Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Um, I That's think fair. they should have gone for it because everybody got on Bill Campbell from Detroit for going for it. I applauded them. You you play to win the game, as Herm Edwards said. Yeah. So anyway, I just want to make that point. I just think that those are two crucial moments. Um, you he, here's here's you my here's my problem, Lenny, and I think it's a good point. Fourth and four is really tough it's, uh, against any defense, yeah. but especially yeah. against yeah. that Chiefs defense when you haven't converted on third down really all day. You know, to me, I can't. I, I understand your point. And, and your point is more than valid. You're going against Patrick Mahomes. You probably need more than a field goal. What happens if you roll the dice there and come away with nothing? Then all Kansas City needs it. is a you field gotta goal. you got to roll it. You know. And you got to roll it. And that is Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I just say it for my – got to roll it. Okay, <laughs> Anyone that's else, fair. I, I kick the field goal. <laughs> that's fair. I understand that. Good call. Good point. I like it. Uh, I didn't think about it in that spot because of fourth and four, but I, I – I understand where you're coming from, and it's certainly an argument uh, could be made. Appreciate you. 147, Team 980 on the Monday after Super Bowl 58, a Motown Monday. Chris and Hyattsville come up next. Uh, Ethan in Annapolis will uh, join him uh, and more. Kevin in Virginia, JYD. Keep the calls coming. Michael Lombardi.
longtime NFL executive and accomplished author, going to join us at 3.30 to give his spin on Super Bowl 58 and how much fault Kyle Shanahan finds himself in. That's all still to come on this Motown Monday on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. All right, 150 and change on a Motown Monday. Wrapping up Super Bowl 58, which goes the way of the Chiefs. Uh, again, I I can't kill Kyle Shanahan for going for the 27-yard field goal on fourth and four. It was the I, I'm pretty sure the third and four preceding that was Chris Jones just absolutely walloping Brock Purdy. And Tony Romo was like, oh, that was exactly what happened to Josh Allen. When Josh Allen missed the wide open receiver in the back part of the end zone, when Chris Jones had walked Deion Dawkins, the left tackle for the Bills, back into Patrick Mahomes and barely touched him. I mean, barely altered, if if it even altered. God bless you, man. And Tony Romo is like, oh, it's the same exact thing. Uh, no. Please watch the games. You were at both. You get paid $18 million a year. I don't. I can tell you it was not the same thing. This one had a legitimate big-time effect. And then there was the third and I want to say four it was. Late in regulation. Where Brock Purdy, uh, again, Trent McDuffie, who was outstanding last night. I mean, he did have that one holding call late, uh, or I should say in overtime. But Trent McDuffie on the, let me see, where was it? Uh, Third and five, Kansas City 35. McDuffie steamed in on the blitz and totally altered Brock Purdy. Those two plays right there, Kansas City's defense generating big-time pressure on third down, I believe both off of blitzes. That's why Kansas City won the game. Now, listen, Patrick Mahomes was great down the stretch, unbelievable on that final drive, all of that. I You can sing the praises of Patrick Mahomes and say and acknowledge that the Kansas City Chiefs won 11 regular season games and four postseason games, including a second straight Super Bowl because largely – Their defense carried them. Largely. Not exclusively. Largely. 301-230-0980. Let's get back to the phones and talk to, uh, let's go. Oh, we lost one call. So let's go to Chris in Hyattsville. Uh, We will get Chris here. Hello, Christopher. How are you? Hi, Rooster. How are you doing? Chris, don't sound so depressed, man. I mean, the football season will come back. I know you're a big Nats guy. You have a lot to look forward to. Oh, I just saw some mock draft that said that we're going to trade down for uh, McCarthy, and then I so. My oh, that is pretty depressing. That is pretty depressing. Yeah. Um, so I never thought I would hear or find someone who liked the sound of their voice more than Chris Russell, but I did, and that's Tony Romo. Really? I mean, God. Yeah. I mean, well, well you, I mean, in very, fairness, in fairness, there's a difference. I say smart things. Tony Romo does not. 
Okay, no, so he says smart things, but he doesn't know when to just let it breathe. Mm -hmm. And he stepped on Nance's call to the, of the game-winning play of the Super Bowl. Like that, that is just sacrilegious, in my opinion. I would have been. I don't. I wonder if Nance didn't sucker punch him after huh. that. I didn't. That was uh, awful. I didn't notice that, but maybe I got to go back and listen to the audio again. Go watch I mean, I, and watch the the replay with okay. the audio. Yeah. Nance is trying to call it, and then in the middle of his call, Romo says, "Oh, for the Super Bowl win!" Like it just. Okay. He, he can't not talk. Yeah. He's was, so overexcited about. Yeah. yeah. And I also thought that the the CBS broadcast at the very end of the game was a lot to be lacking because they didn't have the camera set up for the final play very well. You, you couldn't – there was no tension building up. They kind of all just let the play happen. It was like, you know, the audience wasn't sure what to pay attention to. Um, so, I, I don't know. I, 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 didn't, I found the overall production quality of the game last night to be a little bit lacking. I just wanted your thoughts um, on that. Yeah, and, um, uh, you know, I, I don't think it's a bad point. Now, I, I, I will tell you this. I'm not the best person. I, even I can admit my own faults, which I know will make you happy. Um, I am not the really best person does. when it comes to the technical quality and overall production value of a network television broadcast because, for me – Unless something's glaring, I'm not. It's not going to jump out at me because I'm so locked into the actual play on the field or on the ice or on the court or whatever that I I usually am just in such a zone I don't pay attention to all that. Um, was there any big moment I'm trying to remember besides Romo over talking well, Nance on the final the, play that the jumps end of the out? Game, it, they they are so obsessed with showing so many different angles and mm. and you know people on the sidelines mm -hmm. instead of just letting showing the play as it happens. Gotcha. Uh, and then this is one other thing, and I know this isn't the topic that you want to talk about, but honestly, I think it's boring. But uh, I, I think that I am so tired. Wait, you of think seeing the games show? You think dumb. the show is boring, or do you think your no, your like topic is boring? Sh did, did Shanahan have a poor coach? I mean, the Chiefs beat them. They were better. That's that's the real story. Well, yeah, but Patrick you know, Mahomes you know, it doesn't work. Times. But you know, it doesn't work that way, Chris. But I'm. This is one. I want, one other thing I want to say. I am so sick and tired of watching football being played indoors in the playoffs. It it it, it makes every single game, which should be unique and, and memorable, mm -hmm. look the same there's a sameness and dullness to each and every game being played at houston or now vegas or you know in some indoor nondescript stadium where you don't get a feel for the atmosphere of the game and i i find that to be well, last year in arizona i know the roof was open pre-game i can't remember if they eventually the closed same. it that's not the same as like a game being played the rose bowl or uh, you know gotcha. when, way back when the right. redskins were in san diego right. or, or in miami you know, or in or tampa in miami. miami and tampa don't have domes yeah. you know but that, I mean, unfortunately for Tampa, the last Super Bowl there was during COVID. But mm -hmm. it would have been incredible yeah. if they had a full crowd. Well, you outdoors. got a dome next year, you know, in New, it, you got a dome next year in New Orleans. I don't remember in and I hate, uh, two years I from now if that's that back in Miami. I can't reason. remember that. Yeah, I mean, to me, they're terrible. It's a terrible on-screen product, okay. in my opinion. All right. So. I, 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 again, I'm something that doesn't bother me. I appreciate it. Uh, I, I, I'm glad. I am glad. We didn't have, you know, the turf monster issues last night. And we also didn't have two other things that just kind of shot through my head. We didn't have 
officiating problems, except for one controversial call in overtime. And we also didn't have like, hey, San Francisco got blown out. It's because their practice fields were a disaster and because they had a fire alarm go off on Wednesday morning at 6 a.m. Just a couple of things to think about on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. Motown Monday continues wrapping up Super Bowl 58, hour number two of three. Now, some people would have you believe this is hour number one of two. I don't know who those people would be. Well, actually, I do. I was just reminded by Landfill that it's one of J.P. Finley and Brian Mitchell's good bits to say that my show starts at two, not at one. And conveniently, after their show ends. Howdy, boys. What's up, Bruce? Oh, wait a second. Got to turn on the uh, microphone there. Uh, Landfill is actually in studio. This is a big deal to get Landfill here. You know, again, I should have set this up better. The fact that Landfill, Mm -hmm. I just put up a picture of you two, made the, the, the journey from the other side of the building, the other side of the floor, over here is freaking impressive. It's quite the track. I mean, you must know how important that is. And it's also basically probably to celebrate the end of football season because you hate everything that everybody else likes, right? I like football. You like football? Yeah. Yes. You Lando mean you watch like... the Super Bowl? Of course. Last you didn't watch YouTube? I did watch YouTube during the <laughs> okay. halftime show. <laughs> right, what did you exactly. watch at halftime during the halftime show? I watched a video about an airplane. Oh, yeah. A video mm-hmm. about an airplane. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that was fun. It was great. It was was that the airplane that the door blew off and somehow people miraculously survived? No. Was it just an airplane landing or, it or taking flying off? an airplane? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you know what Rooster nice. does? Nice. Is me, Landfill, and Roos were having a legit football conversation in the hallway. Uh-huh. And he asked us to come on his show yeah. to continue that football discussion. Then we get here and he's talking about airplanes. Right. Well, well, that's, I, that's standard I, Brewster. I can't hear you, I, I'm, I'm sure all, it's funny. Yeah, I, I'm trying to make fun of uh, Landfill. Um, so w- here's what we were arguing about or discussing. JP, you took a little bit of umbrage with something I guess I said on Twitter, which was that Kyle Shanahan is not exclusively or primarily to blame. He is to blame to some degrees. The head coach is the offensive coordinator, is the play caller. I'm not telling you that he's not. So just why did you, on a serious football note, why do you take – uh, I guess a little umbrage to that. Well, I think I was most offended that you missed your twelve forty-five slot with us. Uh-huh. That's fine. Um, well, landfill never asked, so I didn't want to bother you. So, it, it, some of it is your phrasing, perhaps, because I uh-huh. think when you and I actually speak, we understand it a lot yeah. better. Okay. Um, but you said, "Don't you think for one second the 49ers lost the Super Bowl was primarily, exclusively Kyle Shanahan's fault?" And I appreciate all the ats and tags and hash marks you have in there, as always, because it, it just generates so much engagement. Right. Um, I listen when you're listen, on the when you're on the dark side, you have to do everything you can to. You were on the that people. side for years. I, mm-hmm. the, the your Twitter game is 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 hackerific. We tell anyway, people every day to turn to your show when it starts do at two o'clock. Your ratings pop at two. I, I think. There you go. I mean, I appreciate. Well, it. he couldn't get ratings before that. He's not on. <laughs> sure. I don't know how else it could work. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think there's, I, I think there's three big mm. 
moments from that game. Okay. And I think I, I think the kid missing the extra point was huge. Yeah. Now, might Mahomes have just gone and scored if he had to? Yes, because Mahomes is that guy. Yeah. But the difference between a four-point lead and a three-point lead is massive. Um, then, then you have the muff punt. Nobody did anything wrong. That's the universe, man. Right. Like, it, it hit the kid's foot. McLeod could have dove on it instead of trying to field it. I think you said that earlier, and I I tend to I didn't think about that live, but watching it again after you said that, I, I think you're right. Just try to just try right. to keep possession, yeah. right? Don't try to make a play. Mm-hmm. But those two things are like what drives coaches crazy are not penalties during play. Like mm-hmm. you get flagged for a hold or, or or a roughing or something. That's within the moment you're you're just playing football. But procedural stuff, pre-snap stuff, dumb stuff, that's what drives coaches crazy in the penalty game, right? I don't think taking the ball in that overtime was the right decision. I wouldn't have done it, and and I think that falls squarely on Kyle. And I know you can tell me the analytics and blah, 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 defense was gassed, I get all that. I don't want it to be Mahomes dictating terms, and that allowed him to. So this might surprise you. I – I don't disagree with you on that. I would have probably done it the way everybody else would have probably done it. But I guess I do big picture understand what Kyle and the 49ers were getting at, at, you know, with the dual possessions and hey, you want to be in control of your own destiny when it truly is sudden death, which would have been the third possession, right? But my problem is is in order there's no guarantee you're going to get to that. You, there's to that third possession where you well, c- control your own destiny. So, so it's like everybody's screaming about that the skins are going to lose an offensive coordinator. Right. They have to be good first. Like things exactly. have to happen. I hate assumptions. So, so I, that's where I I disagree with Kyle, but I can't kill him. I thought it was more because his defense was gassed. They were just on the field for an eleven play drive. Granted, it was only like two minutes of game time, but you know it's more than that. Well, you know what might have helped is. Not going three and out three straight times that to would start have the second half. And and again, I want to be clear. Kyle Shanahan deserves some blame. One carry. He deserves One some criticism. He deserves some blame. We, there was nine plays in the third quarter. They got negative two yards on those nine plays. Yeah. I, you, can't, you can't do that. Granted, bad, 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 bad. I guess my point is I go to the special teams. You know... You know that I care about special teams way more than I probably should. I know you care about coaches special teams. Do. Yes, People coaches that do. People want to win games. Do. Exactly. And to me, that it cost them seven points because it immediately turns into a, a, a touchdown on a one-play, four-second drive, and then the blocked extra point is the blocked extra point. And as I said to Matt, I said, you lose a game that's a three-point game ultimately, and then tied at the end of regulation, you give up basically eight points. Duh. No Bleep, Sherlock, of course you're going to lose that game. Whoa, but take it easy. I can't kill Landfill's, Kyle Shanahan. Landfill's virgin ears. Yeah, I know. Thank you for accusing me of losing my Daniel mind. What does Daniel need? Daniel seems very imposing in this. Well, process. Daniel probably wants to talk about the Atlanta Falcons. We're not going you want to bring that. him in? Uh, I got to go. Oh, I got to pick my kids got, up. All right, you got to win. Well, I, I need way, to ask baby. one quick you, question. You, as, yeah. the, as the investigative journalist, yes. Lampo, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um I know where you're going. Is that a I diet orange soda? No, diet cream soda from diet, Giant. Giant diet cream soda. Is that a, a two-liter <laughs> container? Uh, well, it was it was filled up to here. So you have consumed two liters of diet no, no, cream no. soda was, since I, your show started. No, I two said it was already sold. He can't hear all these drops. It was about here when I started the show. So, yes, I have inhaled maybe about one-third of a two-liter since the start of the show. 
I do have one thing for you. Sure. Did you see the Dunkin' Donuts commercial with Tom Brady? We and, did. Uh, yes. You know, uh, what's her name? Best uh, J-Lo and whatever. So they have this new Amelia limited. Earhart. Yeah. They have this new limited time, uh, limited menu in celebration of the Dunkings, right? So I went to Dunkin' Donuts. So did Landfill. This morning, did you? I bought a really? uh, dozen donuts. You did. Marketing nice. works. There you was know, a ton uh, of free food for you today, and you consumed none of it. I, I got none of it. I was offered none of it, and I got none y- of it. You were but, offered the wings that uh, I brought. They, they were gone. Um, no, they weren't. Uh, okay, well, they were gone when I went over there. No, anyway. they weren't. I just gave them all to Grant and Danny. Okay, well. You didn't come in here first. JP stole wings. But listen to me. I, I know did. you got to go. I know you got to go. You know what Did I you? ordered? This is this is going to make you happy. Is it? I, I think I got a hazelnut heartthrob medium coffee. Right Out, there. Outside of the obvious sexual innuendo, <laughs> uh-huh. why would that make me happy? I, because you think I'm a weirdo and I was dropped off by a UFO. <laughs> I don't think that. You're from a incredibly small part of New York that's never heard of mustard. However, I do think you're the horniest man online. And, the horniest and for you to make the, the weird the, hazelnut the joke universe. only confirms that you're the horniest man online. Correct, Essig? And the horniest guy on the the, the, the universe. He's, play, he's playing the drop that you can't hear, that I'm the horniest guy on the de, de, de universe as I stumbled over my words. You got Saucy the hazelnut heartthrob. Usually you get the hockey hunk. That's your preferred drink. Uh, I like hockey hunks. Uh, I like hockey hunks. So diet cream soda and hazelnut heartthrob is my uh, drink of choices. And Kyle Drinks Shanahan's to blame because he didn't run the ball enough, which is his decision. He what, what do you decides think? Dude, at how some often point, they run. In in Super Bowls where he's the play caller, yeah. 0-3 yeah. and outscored at a 3-1 clip yeah, in the second It's not good. Half. And he has blown uh, three 10-point-plus leads. The one I would, I, I would say it was a little bit different last night. It was 10 points until late in the first half. It was not 10 points in the fourth. I think the one Super Bowl 54 was worse. That was like nine, nine and a half minutes left, 10 point lead. Yeah. What? Um, this one wasn't how does, bad. I, Forgive me, Essig. How does your brain cross the wires of 28 to 3 Atlanta Pats when you love Dan Quinn and you love Kyle? Who do you blame for 28 to 3? I mean, I blame the players. <laughs> That's Russell's entire <laughs> stick. And, and I give credit to Tom Brady. He blames the players, and he he thinks the coaches are infallible. I do whatever is convenient for me, okay? That's what the universe is all about, boys. I do what makes sense to my feeble brain, okay? All right. I love you guys. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for coming to visit. JP, you be safe out there, okay? Why not landfill? Oh, I mean, that's collateral damage. Oh, wow, did you hear that? That's rude, one, and two. I think this was a great opening segment to your show. Yeah, congrats on the start of a new uh, new week. I hope the Odyssey uh, stream is, is is bouncing up because we know nobody listens there. Rooster's worried about his stream. Terrestrial radio. Oh. Oh, man, Landfill and J.P. Finley. How about that? Start the 2 o'clock hour. All right. Anyway, back to the calls we go. Um Got to clean up the wreckage uh, for that. Let's get to our buddy Ethan uh, in Annapolis. What's up, Ethan? How are you? Good. How are you guys doing? Good, Ethan. What's going on, man? Hey, you know, I think the biggest thing from the game was if you look at the first half, that they just left the door open because the 49ers completely just dominated them with the exception of the score. You know, Kyle Shanahan didn't make Christian McCaffrey fumble. Mm-hmm. And then there was, I think, the, the next drive where, where uh, they were moving the ball. You had a procedural penalty on, on Trent. And yep. the very next play, you a had holding a huge penalty. holding yep. call. Yep. 
that wiped out a massive pass to Kittle that would have put them on the fifty. No, that's a great and then, point. So you, you, yeah, see, so you you let you let a, a wrecker like Mahomes hang around. You come out in the second half, and then you have the the uh, the mistake with the punt, and then you have the extra point, and then you you let them get hot. And it's not Kyle Shanahan's fault either that Greenlaw tore his his Achilles, no, which is a huge part of the game too. I, I think those so. are some excellent points. And I I, I said Athen. I'm sorry, Athen. Uh, my my bad on that. Um, no, I, I think that's I think that's a great point because but it, it happened so early in the game you tend to forget about it, right? But like you said, they had completed I think a a big play to. I forget who it was right before the McCaffrey fumble. And that's the first series of the game, right? So that kills that. And like you said, the second series of the game is the back-to-back penalties uh, by Trent, which, you know, again, it's going to happen from time to time. But the second one wipes out. We were just talking about George Kittle not being a factor. Well, people forget George Kittle had an 18-yard catch and run that was wiped out by a Trent Williams. Now, maybe that doesn't happen. I don't know. I'd have to go back and study the play closer. But the fact is, it doesn't count. So he does get, Kyle does get George Kittle involved early, does get a couple of big hits, and yet they can't get untracked, and therefore they can't get points because ultimately they punt, uh, which is, again, to your point. Now, listen, you might say, well, that's because they were undisciplined. Well, yeah, I, I get it. But, uh, you know, at what point do we not blame the players and say, instead of blaming the coaches for everything, uh, some of it, if not all of it, or a large part of it, has to go on the players. I mean, it was still early in the game, and it, I mean, listen, they were playing so well. Even Chase Young was making plays. Okay, <laughs> so so you, you know they were they were doing well. But, yeah. but at the end of the at the end of the day, listen, everybody wants to crucify Kyle. Listen, I think Kyle played a major part in stopping to run the ball uh, in the previous yep. two Super Bowls. And to your point, the nine plays with the minus two yards, I think he he got away from it a little bit. But at the end of the day, when they went into overtime, the 49ers defense still could have stopped the Chiefs. They had a fourth and one, and they let Mahomes run for 15 yards on that on the, uh, the, when he uh, didn't hand the ball off. And then so he had the big scramble up the middle as well, uh, which I, th- I think exactly. was on third down, exactly. if memory serves me correct. Exactly. So they had their chances. But for me, as a football fan, uh, just watching from a distance, they, they left. They should have had about 20 points in the first half. They had 10. It was a one-score game, and they let him hang around, and it came back to bite him. Yeah, no, it's a great call. Uh, great points. Yeah, great points as always. Thank you. Thank you, Athen. I appreciate it. Uh, always good to hear from you. 301 I'm going to real quickly go through uh, those plays right here in the third quarter. Uh, oh, I mentioned at the end of the 1 o'clock hour, the the, uh, the officials, right? I, I gave the two points, right? The officials, we don't at least we don't have to worry about those as storylines, right? I don't think anybody thinks the officials or the bad practice field cost with a fire alarm or there was even a food poisoning type thing uh, all of the things that the 49ers dealt with I don't think anybody thinks that actually cost them this game but real quickly here going through this the first possession of the 49ers second half again with a 10-3 lead and this is after the bad interception by Mahomes to start to start the third quarter uh, Brock Purdy incomplete pass right second down false start uh, so, again, it's second and 15, incomplete, uh, short left to Debo. Uh, and then Purdy scrambles for four yards on third and 15 punt. All right, so that's a run, but that's a called pass play. Okay, so that's three called pass plays in three plays right there. Then the uh, Kansas City Chiefs go three and out themselves uh, and punt the ball back. And, again, Purdy 
with a completion, but for negative eight yards. That was the one to Jennings that was strung out. I forget. Um, uh, Chenault made that play, uh, if memory serves me correct. Then they get seven of the eight yards back. So, again, another pass play, which reasonable on second and 18, although some teams would. And then they go incomplete deep, the play on Debo that he's hurt on third and 11. So, again, another third down failure, which was a problem. But, again, another series in which you have three, three passes and a loss of one yard. As we mentioned, nine plays and negative two net yards in the third down. And then the third series, again, goes McCaffrey up the middle, finally a run, the one run, then Purdy incomplete, Purdy incomplete on third and ten, and then the punt. So, again, nine plays, one run. And technically, Purdy on the first series and the first third down is a run as well, but that's not a called run. You're not call, You're not running the ball in that spot with the quarterback on third and 15. So that was a called pass play. So, again, eight out of nine plays. Nine plays, negative two yards combined. Eight out of nine were called passes. Uh, you know, listen, I'm sure my buddy Grant Paulson is going to defend that and, and say, you know, that Kyle Shanahan had a, a, a you know, a ploy up his sleeve. As we keep saying, Kyle Shanahan is not exclusively to blame. He's not primarily to blame. But I can't sit here and be honest with you and tell you he's not nothing to blame. Kyle has got to do a better job in these spots. He does not want to run the football for whatever reason at times with a significant or even a moderate lead. And again, at this point, during this third quarter exchange, for part of it, he's up 10-3, then 10-6, and then down 13-10. In the Super Bowl in Atlanta, up 28-3, they don't want to run the ball. They want to keep throwing. Well, this is what you get. You get aggressiveness, and you get... More of your calls coming up. 220, Team 980, Odyssey app. Good to have you with us. We will get to Kevin in Virginia. We'll get to JYD. We'll get to Jonesy. And we'll get to you. Michael Lombardi coming up in about an hour and 10 minutes. His spin on Super Bowl 58. Stay tuned for that. My guy Eric Flack over at WUSA 9 is just an awesome dude, great reporter, better guy. Uh, you know, we mentioned uh, during the 130 trending alert, but we had just gotten the information right before the show. Uh, he is tweeting about at Eric Flack TV. Uh, that's F-L-A-C-K TV. Huge news from Richmond. Senate, a Senate version of the bill to fund the new Capitals Wizards Arena in Alexandria is dead. The Senate Finance Committee has no plans to move forward over concerns over taxpayer money. Governor Youngkin refusal uh, to negotiate, I guess that's refuses to or refused to negotiate. It says refusal uh, to negotiate, but sometimes, uh, you know, spell uh, not predictive text. I should say not spell check. Uh, House bill still alive, but Senate Democrats plan to vote it down. Uh, we will do more on this tomorrow. Uh, or maybe later on this afternoon, if we can. Uh, I, I, like, I don't feel very comfortable with politics. I mean, it's hard enough to do what we do with sports because there's so many intricate little details that you know we're guessing on or that we're leaping to conclusions on. I don't know enough about this new development and how this works and whether it's definitely dead or not. 
I mean, it's not looking good right now is what I would say. It's not a good start for Monumental in pretty much an early process, but I'm sure Ted Leonsis and I'm sure uh, Jim Van Stone and I'm sure Monumental Opportunity on Twitter uh, will have something to say about this as we go along. So I just want to bring out the news and bring out where we are, but I need some time to digest it, study it, talk to some people, learn it, and, you know, it's just uh, bad timing for me. So I want to bring the news without getting too deep into the woods. Let's get to Kevin in the great Commonwealth of Virginia, which just shot this bad boy down. What's up, Kevin? How are you? Good. How are you, Chris? Good, Kevin. Thanks What's for going taking on? my call. Yeah, thanks for making it. I have an observation and then a question for you. My observation is, it, in overtime, to CBS's credit, they, they kept showing Mahomes on the bench. Mm-hmm. And he looked like he didn't have a care in the world. He was, like, almost daydreaming. He had a little grin on his face. And CBS was sort of saying to the viewers, don't go to bed. This guy's going to get the ball again. And then he goes out and he plays like he's in his backyard in a pickup game. I mean, just amazing. You know, and, I, I didn't pick up know, on that. Can, and you're, and, and you're, but now I know I remember exactly what you're talking about um, because he's Patrick Mahomes, right. right? Wasn't he like 11 of 11 or whatever it was on on the overtime drive? Well, Brady, Brady would have had his face in the iPad and talking to his receivers. Yeah. But, Mahomes was like, I got this. Yeah. So, you know, you could you could slice and dice who to blame, but the reason the Chiefs won was because of him. And, and that's the bottom line. My question to you is, his performance last night, did that drive Caleb Williams' price up? And what I mean by that is you've got coaches saying, I want Patrick Mahomes on my team. And this kid has the potential. He has the skill set of Mahomes, and I can make him into a Mahomes. And that that's going to drive his his price up, or it will make Chicago take him. Uh, Is there a comparison there? There's definitely a comparison that people have tried to make between the two skill sets, right? Off platform, um, you know, athletic, strong arm to make pretty much every throw from some weird angles and all that stuff. But then you like. For whatever it's worth, you listen to Merrill Hodge, longtime NFL analyst, former NFL running back. Now, he's he, he's not yeah. doing what he used to, but he said he watched three game tapes of Caleb Williams, and Caleb Williams is nowhere near Patrick Mahomes. And I would say this. This is just what I feel right yeah. now, Kevin, as I'm just scratching the surface, is I also feel it's unfair to Patrick Mahomes. It's unfair to Caleb Williams to say Caleb Williams is the next Patrick Mahomes, right? Because those are some enormous enormous shoes to fill and pressure and expectations and so on. But what I would say is there are some similarities in their skill set, right, that allow you to think, hey, maybe with great NFL coaching, great work ethic, great film study, what have you, one day this guy could be Patrick Mahomes. Does his price tag go up? I mean, obviously he can't go any higher than the number one overall pick, but to your point, and he can't immediately get – paid his first three years in the NFL any more than the CBA allows, which is like mm, roughly about 36, 37 million uh, fully guaranteed for the first four years, uh, somewhere in the high 20s for the first three years. Let's just use that as a parameter. It doesn't it, it doesn't it, it, it doesn't add value in terms of those ways. But to your point, right? 
You're the number one overall pick. You're Caleb Williams. You're the former Heisman Trophy winner. You're played in Los Angeles at USC. You're playing, in this case, in Chicago, presumably. You're worth a lot of money off the field, right, in, in terms of endorsements, which are limitless and salary capless. So, yeah, I mean, sure, every little bit of everything is going to help Caleb Williams make a lot more money. Does it mean that he's going to be successful on the field, which is all I really care about? No, it doesn't, but... Uh, you know, boy. Well, what, he, I, what I meant was, uh-huh. does his trade price? If, oh, 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 oh gotcha, gotcha. It. Okay, all right, I gotcha. Um, hmm. I don't think it does because, again, he could be Patrick Mahomes one day, but what is he not right now? When you have to make that decision, yeah. right? He's yeah. not Patrick Mahomes, right? Yeah. And he's not even close, right? You know, again, there's right. some there's some parts of his skill set that are 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 similar but let's 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 just be honest first of all Patrick Mahomes not immature like Caleb Williams certainly seems to be in a lot of ways seems to be again I'll be I'll just say seems to be right Uh, Patrick Mahomes never painted his fingernails at Texas Tech and said you know uh and and painted them with F um you know Texas on them you know or 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 asked allegedly for part ownership of a team you know or equity in a team again that is all alleged I mean he did actually paint his his nails you know F Utah on them and then lost to Utah right um but some of these problems and issues are alleged not known but Patrick Mahomes is now his brother his dad they're they're both troublemakers Patrick Mahomes is not I mean the worst thing that Patrick Mahomes is probably guilty of is uh his wife's a little crazy and his brother and his dad are a little nuts that's it Patrick Mahomes seems normal and 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 obviously a big time winner so uh, let's see how it all plays out. I appreciate you, Kevin. Uh, good to hear from you. 231, Team 980. More of your calls coming up. Again, Michael Lombardi at 3.30, so an hour from right now. Uh, did you love the halftime show? Usher and all sorts of special guests. Now, Matt is 30 years old. I'm 50. So, you know, I'm I'm pretty much done like dinner. Stick a fork in me style. I'll give you my thoughts and respond uh, and, and and my prism. I want to get Matt's thoughts as a 30-year-old, and I want to get your thoughts because it was, again, a terribly, terribly played first half. And quite honestly, after that first half, you kind of wanted, you kind of needed a boost at halftime, and I'm not sure for me if I ever got there. Let's do a trending alert right here and right now, and then back to your phone calls. All right, so so much has been said about Super Bowl 58 and the fallout and the overtime loss for the San Francisco 49ers. Kyle Shanahan offering a reason why they took the ball first in overtime. Uh, Despite the dual possession rules, he wanted it for the third possession, which was sudden death. The problem is... They didn't get to that point. But several of the 49ers admitted on the record and to the Super Bowl media assembled in Las Vegas that they didn't even know about the rules, including Eric Armstead, who said, I didn't know about the new overtime playoff rule. So it was a surprise to me. I didn't really even know what was going on in terms of that. Kyle Juszczyk said something similar. And, of course, the man who caught the touchdown, Nicole Hartman, according to Patrick Mahomes, didn't even realize that he won the Super Bowl. How weird, right?
Maybe Donovan McNabb, when he didn't know the overtime rules back in Philadelphia so many years ago, maybe he wasn't as silly as we thought he was back then. Players don't know what they don't know. Meanwhile, the NFL offseason is officially here, and we will see where it goes from here. The commanders making a couple of additions to their coaching staff. Bobby Johnson, former Bills and Giants assistant, is their new offensive line coach. And how about this? Ryan Kerrigan is staying on as assistant linebackers coach and pass rush specialist, according to multiple sources. And that's what's trending. All right, 237, Team 980 on a Motown Monday. Wrapping up Super Bowl 58. Again, Michael Lombardi, longtime NFL executive and multi-time book author, will join us to give us his breakdown of the game. I'm having trouble getting into my online gambling account. I know I hit one of my prop bets last night for a – it was like a $4 bet – Uh, And I won like $12.60 or whatever because I bet that the game would be tied at the end of the first quarter. And it was 0-0. And quickly thereafter, Kansas City broke, uh, I I should say, I'm sorry, San Francisco broke that tie. So I know I hit one. I know I lost my main bet, which was a $25 bet, which was the Chiefs plus the two. So I didn't go money line. I went Chiefs plus the two. I don't know why. Um, I think it was sl- uh, I think it was right around the same odds, maybe slightly worse. But I parlayed it with the over at I think forty seven and a half. So I think I just barely lost. I shouldn't say I definitively lost. It may have been 46 and a half. I can't remember what I got it at. And if it was 46 and a half. You're lucky if you that, got it at 46 I, and a half. That I won. But I'm pretty sure it was 47 or 47 and a half. It was 47. I guess I pushed. But I think I would still lose the bet. I don't know how that works. Because I hit on the first part of the the two of, of the parlay, if you will. So I got to die. But I'm locked out of my account. This is forever my problem. I get locked out of every account. Every there is not a day that goes by where I don't have to spend five, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, depending on how long and how frustrating the process is on trying to retrieve passwords to my account. No matter how many times I save the password, the username, whatever, uh, I've got it all on my computer. I use a personal laptop, whatever. It's not, you know, anything to do with work. No matter how many days and times and things that I do. This should not surprise anybody if you know me, right? And it certainly does not surprise Matt. I, I swear to you, I cannot go a day without just beating my head against the wall, trying to unlock myself from an account and not remembering which of my email addresses I used, not remembering which of the, you know, three or four combinations of passwords that I might use. Um, you know, and, and again, every like digital account is different, right? Oh, we want eight characters and a special or we want eight letters and a special character oh we want 10 to 12 characters and a special or 10 to 12 letters and a special just go screw i go have kick- many faults damn it <laughs> go kick all the rocks why can't we come up with a better system than this all right let's get to the phone calls <sighs> take a deep breath 
get to JYD. What's up, JYD? How are you, pal? Hey, how you doing, Rooster? All right, JYD. What's shaking? Uh, well, I'm happy my team won. You're a Chiefs fan? Yes. I didn't know that. How did I not know that? Ask Doc Walker. He'd tell you that. Huh. Of all the times you called me, I don't recall that. You saying anything about the Chiefs? But maybe I'm, I'm maybe I'm just missing well, it. I, well, congratulations. Because, well, thank you, but I'm I'm not I'm not I'm I, I let's put it this way. I used to be I I was a big time Redskins fan, big right. time you know whatever and all. But I, but I, but but I'm an old man. I can't I I, I don't I don't have another thirty years waiting right. for. Teams so basically, what you're saying is you broke your leg getting on the bandwagon. Well, I've been a Chiefs fan now for the last 10 years. All right. I mean, that spans the Andy Reid era, right? So, well, um, they were my favorite. Well, they were my favorite team when I when 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 when, when, when I was a teenager. The Chiefs, the Chiefs were. Are you from Are you from Kansas City? No, 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 no. Okay. I fell in love with them because of Hank Stram. Oh, okay. That, you love to matriculate that, the ball down the field, right? And the colors that they I, – I, I fell in love with the red and white colors that they had. And then, of course, I, I love the, play, the the players that they had, Otis Taylor, Lynn Dawson, Mike Garrett, who came sure. from USC or whatever. But anyway, that's a story for another day. Well, congratulations to your Chiefs. Thank you. But here, but 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 the thing, the the, the problem, the problem with the, uh, I, I'm not saying everybody, mm-hmm. but it, it's going to come a time. I, I I think that Kyle Shanahan gets too much of a benefit of the doubt. He has had the York family has given him every possible tool to win. He's the fa- he he runs the he runs the franchise. He has more power than the general manager, well, or he, whatever. He he absolutely has more power than John Lynch, and he ha- always has. He hired John Lynch, not the other way around. He he look he calls all the plays. This is his baby. He has to take full responsibility for 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 for, for the Super Bowl that they lost to the Chiefs the, uh, a, a couple of years ago. He has to take full responsibility for the loss yesterday, or whatever. And I am I, and I will predict that he's the type of guy that will run to the York family and say, "Yeah, yeah, 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 just, just, just get me Kirk Cousins. Just, oh, 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 can, can we pawn twenty fifties draft picks and get me Caleb, whatever." This, this guy is look. He's not. He's not going to ever win a championship there. He's not. He gets too much credit. I mean, JYD, how do you – all right, let let me me ask this. I agree he gets a lot of credit, but he's the architect of it all, right? And he is the play caller. Now, sometimes that hurts him, okay? So maybe at some point he'll give up play calling. I don't know. But how could you say how could you say he'll never win a championship? I grant it, it the 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 short term track record is not good, 
right? He's blown 10-point leads in three Super Bowls, one as a coordinator, two as a head coach. Again, last night was a 10-point lead at the end of the first half, not in the fourth quarter like it was four years ago. But I can't sit here and say Kyle Shanahan will never win a championship. I mean, I can't. When you got the offensive player of the year, the top rusher in the league, you 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 you, you got Kittle, who 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 basically is probably the best tight end in the NFC. You got you you got the best left tackle in football, even at his age. Right. And you didn't use Ayuk enough yesterday. Yes, I mean, do we not give any credit to the Kansas City defense? Oh, the, the Kansas City defense. The Kansas City defense was great. In right. Fact, so, they, so they don't have anything to do between McDuffie and and Legereus Sneed and and pretty decent safeties too, and linebackers as well. Taking away, still, taking away Ayuk, taking away. You still got to use Ayuk more than what he I, did. I agree. I, I, I listen. I, I understand that. Somebody else should have been able to step up in lieu of Kittle and in lieu of Debo Samuel being taken away. And Ayuk maybe wasn't given enough opportunity. That's fair. I think that's a fair criticism. Uh, Ayuk had six targets, three catches, 49 yards. Not enough of an impact. He had that one big catch that every that Tony Romo, again, was slurping up on CBS that you know Kyle majestically put a safety uh, on Brandon Ayuk. Um, but that was it. That was the 20-yarder, and that was uh, almost half of his production. I I understand what you're saying. I Listen, JYD, Kyle Shanahan deserves some criticism. Again, I, I, I keep wanting to say this. Kyle Shanahan deserves criticism for a number of things. I guess what I strike back at, and, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll see what Mike Lombardi says at 3.30. What I'll strike back at is, again, how much. And does he deserve full blame? I appreciate you as always. Congratulations to the Chiefs. I don't buy this notion that he's not going to win a championship in San Francisco. Now, what I am curious about, what I am curious about, Kirk Cousins keeps saying it's not about the money. He's made plenty of money. Kirk Cousins and Kyle Shanahan have always wanted to work together. Again, Brock Purdy was 23 of 38, 255. People are going to say I'm crazy. I'm going to say this on February 12, 2024. I would not be surprised at all, period. At all. By April 1st, if Kirk Cousins is under contract to the San Francisco 49ers. Write that down. Cut that up. I don't know if it'll happen, but I know they always wanted to work together. And they came close a couple of times since leaving Washington or since Kyle was fired in Washington. All right, more of your calls coming up. Motown Monday, hop aboard, 301-230-0980. 301-230-0980. More of your calls, more of your reaction. What do you think of that? Kirk Cousins, could he possibly head to San Francisco? Could that be what Kyle has in mind to take the next step to put him and the 49ers franchise over the top? They would have done it for Tom Brady last offseason. But that was a little bit of a different circumstance in a lot of ways. Would they do it? Would he do it for Kirk Cousins? And would that be a good look? 301-230-0980 on the Team 980 in the Odyssey app.
the Commanders make a baffling hire as their, for their offensive line coaching position. That's what one prominent fan-run website has. We'll give you their spin after 3 o'clock on the Team 980. And in case you don't know, we mentioned a couple of times, Bobby Johnson is reportedly the new offensive line coach, and Ryan Kerrigan, I think John Kime had uh, this first, uh, and had mentioned it over the weekend, too, that Ryan Kerrigan was very much in the running, and again, he'll be the assistant linebackers coach uh, and pass rush specialist coach. So good to see RK uh, staying around. All right, back to your calls. Let's get to Jonesy. What's up, Jonesy? How are you? Hey, what's up, Chris? What up, Jones? um, Man, listen, JYD, (laughs) Kansas City fan, you didn't know that. I mean, we knew this uh, going back about two years ago. That's almost like saying, okay, we don't know that he called in as Daryl, Jimmy, David, Rick, and and, and all those other names, too. But here's the thing, man. (laughs) Patrick Mahomes, that's a special dude, man. I mean, I, I kept saying for the last three weeks, even when they played, going back four weeks ago, when they played Buffalo, I said, that dude, oh, everybody tell me about the defense, what they were going to do, this, that, and the third, and they got this game, the Buffalo Mafia and all that, Bills Mafia. Guess what? He went in there, and what did he do? <laughs> he went in there and took care of business against that defense, wore that defense down there. And in the Ravens game two weeks ago, they didn't even have to score the last half. All you do is manage the game and kill clock. Mm-hmm. This game here, boom, look what happened. All you had to do is have the ball in overtime. And, yes, he was sitting over there like Jimmy Cool on the bench like nothing was going on special. He was like, oh, i got to go back out here on this field. The game is over. And so it was. I mean, this guy. He's a bad man. But I will tell you this, Jones. Just let me let me jump in here, here for one second, right? I, I mean, listen. He, I, you know, Mahomes, I, I mean, if you think about it, how close they were to losing that game on that drive, yeah. right? I mean, Pacheco yeah. gets blown up on a third and one and yeah. doesn't get the surge, and then they come out on fourth and one, and they do the quarterback uh, pull thing, uh, or, or the you know the the quarterback, I guess the QB keeper is just the best way uh, to you know to put it. And then if you think about it, right on a third and six later on in that drive at the Kansas City forty six, so on still on their side of the field, if they don't yep. get the first down on a crosser to Rasheed Rice in that particular situation, they are in a fourth and. Well, maybe it's fourth and you know, maybe it's fourth and six, maybe it's fourth and three, whatever, right? right? Maybe they don't make it there. And then there was a third and one in which he scrambled for 19 yards right up the middle, right? Think about how close they were to not to not getting that touchdown just on that drive in those three sequence sequence or those three plays as part of the overall sequence. Right. Hey, that was one point in that overtime game. They had the guy locked down. I mean, I mean, what the whole the team? They man, they manned up on everybody, yeah. and they had everybody across the board. 
but they forgot about locking down Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. He runs up the middle for the first down, and I said, up oh, there it is right there. That's the backbreaker. That's it. The <laughs> 49er defense was, 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 I mean, they were on fumes. They, they were, were on they were cash fumes. Money. They, yeah, they were, but they were cash money throughout the duration of the game. For the first, that, yes, think, for the first two and a half quarters, it, correct. But 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 the, to... but the eleven play drive at the end of regulation, which they only gave up a field goal, kudos to them, because yep. the forty nine I mean, the Chiefs everybody thought was going to score, and they stopped Mahomes on that scramble on that one third down from inside the five yard line, eleven play drive, and then uh, again the, the game winning drive ultimately is um, let me see here one two three uh, four five six seven. 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 plays. So, again, 24 plays. 13 on the game-winning drive in overtime. Uh, Oh, gosh, I should have looked to my right. Instead of counting like an idiot, uh, it it says 13 (laughs) plays right there, 75 yards. But 13 plays and 11 plays in the final, say, two minutes or so of regulation and the one series in overtime, right? To me – that's a lot to ask out of the 49ers, right? Again, that's Indeed. part of the reason yeah. why they lost this game. Yeah. Hey, but you know what? Kyle, he has got to change, man. I mean, he's 0-3 in Super Bowls. I mean, whether you're coordinator, coach, head coach, whatever, it's about changing what you do. I listened to even uh, Dan Quinn talking about changing what you mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. You, he learned some things, you know, after being fired as a head coach and learning some, picking up some things as a defensive yeah. coach out there as, a, as in Dallas. Yeah, so no, I, I hear you. I'm like, okay, this, the, you know, that's the definition of insanity when you refuse to change what you do looking for different results. That's a fair point. Uh, Josie, I got to run because I'm up against it, but I All appreciate right. it. Good, strong call uh, uh, as always. I will say this. You know, maybe Kyle Sh- again. Maybe Kyle Shanahan will will give up play calling. I don't think so, but maybe, or maybe he will say, "You know what? I've got to get better than Brock Purdy." One of those two is coming. One of those two is coming. Forty ers fall just short. Three o'clock coming up on the Team Nine Eighty Motown Monday. Your final phone calls again. Michael Lombardi, longtime NFL executive at three thirty, right here on the Team Nine Eighty, always live and free on the Odyssey app. Once again, longtime NFL executive and multi-time author Michael Lombardi joins us in about a half an hour to break down Super Bowl 58. We're with you till 4 o'clock right here on a Motown Monday. Before we get to the greatness of the great eight, before we get to a couple of final phone calls here, Noel, Little, hang on, we'll get to you in just a sec. We mentioned a prominent fan-run uh, site, SB Nation, of course, uh, Hogshaven. Uh, they do a good job overall. Uh, and uh, the title of their latest, Bobby Johnson is a baffling hire as OL coach. And they talk about how, you know, Cliff Kingsbury and Dan Quinn, you know, putting together a respected uh, coaching staff, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and um, they said, you know, like they figured it would be someone who could build a stout line 
for the modified air raid offense, as well as help with run game coordination. And the thought was, you know, of course, they tried to hire Linda Wells, the tight ends coach of the Cowboys. They were blocked. Uh, maybe the 49ers, but I don't know, Chris Furster, I, you know, I don't know if they were getting him out of San Francisco and back here. I would have liked that. I like Chris. Um, however, they went with Bobby Johnson. And Bobby Johnson was the Giants' offensive line coach for the past two years before being fired about a month and change ago by Brian Dable. So the offensive line for the Giants, now listen, a lot of injuries. I mean, Andrew Thomas being hurt at the start of the season, I think in the Dallas blowout, and for like four or five weeks after that was a killer. Evan Neal was banged up a lot. Other injuries. Um, they had lost Nick Gates for whatever that's worth in free agency. In the last two years, the Giants offensive line gave up a combined 134 sacks. The Commanders, as a unit this year, gave up, and again, this is not just on the offensive line, but primarily, or I I shouldn't say primarily, um, you know, part of it is on the offensive line, maybe half, roughly, 65 sacks this year. And again, please remember, it's not just on the offensive line. So you have basically a situation where you're taking a guy in division who had some talent to work with. Remember, Andrew Thomas and Evan Neal were both two top 10 picks. Now, again, both were banged up a lot, significantly. But before his time with the Giants, he was in Indianapolis in 2018. Buffalo running the uh, offensive line in in, in, uh, in, in uh, Orchard Park from 20, uh, 2019 to 2021. And then the last two years with the Giants. And the Bills never had a great offensive line either. So this is a little bit of a reach. I don't know if this is a, hey, we can't find anybody else. Or if they know or see something in Bobby Jones. I don't know. I don't know. But recent track record, not good. However, again, people are going to look and say, hey, they gave up this amount of sacks with very little context. Just like around here, again, the offensive line did not give up all 65 sacks. I'm going to have to go and obviously crunch some numbers and see what PFF has in terms of what they assigned to Daniel Jones, um, the passing Paisan, or Tyrod Taylor, because the Giants played all of those guys. And again, remember, Andrew Thomas missed, I want to say it was five games. I want to say he was hurt in the season opening disaster and missed the next four or five games. And Evan Neal missed, and Evan Neal had a controversial moment in which he basically, you know, lashed out at fans. And then there was some other stuff going on on the interior that I'm going to have to crunch a little bit of. This sounds like, hey, we needed an experienced coach. You're used to going against defense, uh, you know, pass rushes in the division. Dan Quinn 
as the head coach and as the now former defensive coordinator of Dallas might look and say schematically, Bobby Johnson was a pain in the ass to deal with. His players just didn't get it done or health or whatever. See, this is what you guys don't know and why you can't just attribute it to stats and what your eyes might tell you in some ways because you don't know what Dan Quinn knows. And again, I'm not saying that Dan Quinn knows that Bobby Johnson's great or is a genius or whatever. All I'm saying is there's got to be a reason besides not being able to find anybody else. Right? And that's a problem that they apparently couldn't get a tight ends coach out of Dallas who was then going to be, and even though the tight ends coach and the offensive line coach work in symmetry and tight ends and offensive line, so there is some similarities, certainly. You couldn't get that guy, and if this guy was number two, mm, now maybe there was more in between. I don't know. I don't know. All right, 301-230-0980. Let's get a couple of uh, final phone calls in here before Michael Lombardi joins us at the bottom of the hour. Let's go to Noel in Bowie. What's up, Noel? How are you, pal? Hey, it's Mo, Chris. It's Mo. Oh, Mo, Mo, Mo. Sorry about that. Hey, Chris, how you doing, buddy? Good, Mo. What's going on, pal? Chris, now, I, I, hey, Kyle Shanahan, I agree with that guy. Kyle Shanahan will not win a Super Bowl running the offense the way he runs it. And here's the reason why. By the time his skill players get to the playoffs, they're beat up. He doesn't want to take these elite quarterbacks. See, that was the difference between that game was Purdy and Mahomes. Mahomes made plays right. to put their team over top. Correct. Purdy didn't. But but Purdy let just, but but Purdy let me ask you this: they, they they swung a big stick on Trey Lance. And they struck out, right, trying to get the top-end talent, trying to get the top-end young, athletic, strong-armed quarterback, and they were woefully wrong for whatever reason. So, I mean, if you're Kyle Shanahan, if you're Kyle Shanahan in the past, like you took your big swing and you missed. So now you can take another big swing, but you can't get one of the top three guys in the draft and get another rookie in, right? So I think the only other choice you have is a veteran quarterback, and that's why I said Kirk Cousins. What do you think of that? Did, did, did they miss that last, though, or did he give up on him too soon? Uh, it's a good question. Did, he, did he, they miss? I mean, I, I mean, listen, Trey Lance was in Dallas. He didn't play at all this year. So, I mean, granted, he got there late in training camp, but. Right. Remember, there was no reason for him to play. I mean, you know what I mean? That that was doing well. Why, I, I understand that. Playing? I understand yep. that. But he wasn't even the second quarterback either. Not that again he should have been. Cooper Rush obviously is a good enough backup. I guess my point being, you you could be right that they gave up on him too quick. But when I when I see what they did, and and again maybe it was an overreaction for what they gave up for Trey Lance to give up on him as quickly as they did when they didn't have to to the overall point is pretty worrisome, pretty worrisome about Trey Lance. Exactly. Well, that, well, San Francisco has been doing that a lot, though, with draft picks and players. Then another thing, uh, Purdy, Purdy missed Debo uh, Samuel in the end zone. That was a touchdown. 
I mean, he held on to the ball too long. He let that ball go. That's a touchdown. Uh, which Easily. play? Which play was that? I can't remember. Um, it, was in the, it was in the fourth quarter, in the second half. I mean, they, they could they could have shut the game down. Okay, it was, it was in the fourth uh, quarter. He him. Oh, you know what? I think that was on the fifty-three yard field goal drive. I think. I'd have to go back and double-check the tape, but I think that was on the long field goal drive, which gave them the 19-16 lead. Let me go back and double-check that tonight uh, if I can, but now I vaguely remember that. I mean, so many plays happen, uh, obviously, in the game. But, I mean, you know, quarterbacks are going to miss stuff, right? The thing for me me is is Kyle Shanahan so hell-bent on – trying to get over the top and trying to figure out why they have failed in these couple of big spots or does he say steady has the hand or whatever that statement is and he basically says you know what look we have a really good team we need to improve in a couple of areas but i'm not going to do something drastic or crazy so that's going to be uh, that's going to be the question. Mo, I appreciate it. Uh, good to hear from you. Uh, good call. I mean, again, I would say this. The 49ers, listen, they got the Jennings um, the, the Jennings touchdown on a really good drive. But that was it, right? The, the long field goal drive, I mean, it's hard to give them a whole lot of credit. That was a 40-yard drive. I mean, it was fine. But to go 10 points and a half when you're Kyle Shanahan and you have all the weapons that you have is a little bit mystifying. And here's another thing. I said Christian McCaffrey had to run the ball at least 20 times. He did 22 times. I said at least. Ideally, I would have liked... Because Christian McCaffrey being held to 80 yards rushing and a 3-6 average is not what – I mean, you need more out of Christian McCaffrey. Kudos to the Chiefs' defense, which wasn't very good coming in stopping the run, was without Nottie for most of the postseason. He got hurt early in the Miami game. Was without uh, Omen, um, o- Omen Yuhu, whatever his name is, um, who got towards ACL in the Baltimore uh, AFC Championship game. And they still hold held Christian McCaffrey to 80 yards. And that was, again, on 22 carries. Now, you say, how many more carries do you want? I don't know. Three more? Four more? I would have liked Christian McCaffrey to bust one. You know how many times he busted one last night? Not at all. He had an 11-yard uh, run scamper up the middle in which he broke a tackle or two. But who knows? If you give him the ball a 23rd time or a 24th time, maybe he busts one. Instead of one of your, you know, nine called pass plays in the third quarter, which absolutely landed on zero. Uh, Let's get to Little next up. What up, Little? How are you? Thank you for taking my call, man. Shout out to you, man. I'm Maddie Ice. Hey, Little. Absolutely. The last caller, man, he hit a lot of points. That that play he talking about happened right after they got the interception. And man, I, t- I knew I knew, man, this game was great for me, um, Chris. I oh, that was in the middle of the, that was in the middle of the third quarter, little. Yeah, right after the interception, okay. we had he had him, but he underthrew him. He had the ball a little too, too, too late. I All right, I'm going to have to go back and check that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that just turned the game around. Well, man, I'm going to tell you that JYD something else with his shiny toy. <laughs> 
about this. You ain't hear nothing from him prior to the game. So that tells me he was a little adamant about the game. Uh, he wasn't adamant. He was a little reluctant about the game. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because he didn't call Doc. Normally we're here for Rick. He'll say something about the game. We ain't hear nothing from him. So I'm going to call him out on it. Rick, I three, Rick, I is, Rick is in JYD, not Rick is in Rick Doc Walker. You know, yeah, Rick, well, JYD as a, AKA. Yes. Rick. Well, I mean, he didn't call Doc. Doc had the game, you know, leading the, um, the show leading up to the game mm-hmm. prior to the Caps, prior to the Caps game. Well, man, I tell you what, though, man, um, it was it was nice, um, Chris. Um, I hit I hit the flip. I, I had hit Grump, hit the flip. I had the money. I had Casey on the money. Atta boy. Well, man, I'm gonna tell you now. I got Kansas City winning the next two Super Bowls, man. I'm gonna be honest with you, man. There ain't nobody gonna stop when they got rid of Tyreek Hill. Everybody thought that was gonna hinder them. Man, that kid, man, something else, man. He, Andy Reid to sit back. He ain't going nowhere no time soon. You know what I'm saying? You know what I love about the. You know what I love about the Chiefs? They've morphed their offense from a. You know, we're just talking about the air raid. I mean, that's a little bit different from a air it out, yeah. long, you know, explosive play downfield. You know, take yeah, a shot to. Yeah, I mean, they're they're a ten yards north of the line of scrimmage offense for the most part. Yeah, but look, I want to pick it big off your little conference you had with Dan Quinn the other day, man. But well, I'm, I'm still excited about that conversation, man. Because basically, he ain't really saying he's actually I mean, he's coming out with it. He's going to be able to get whoever he wants. That's what he's saying. He can get People want to come here. He's not said it one time because he said it three times. Mm. So that tells me, man, this man going to be a science. Well, so so he, but then you but then you look then you look at what we were just talking about, little right, and you say, well, if he can get anybody that they want, and if so many people want to be here, which I've heard the same thing as well, besides what Dan Quinn said, then why did they hire this guy? And and again, there's got to be something that we're missing. Well, Bobby Jones was with him in Atlanta, right? Uh no, not to my knowledge. Bobby Johnson, you I'm mean? Thinking, I'm thinking about that the old, the old guy, yeah. Bobby Jones, that he once with yeah. the Redskins. Yeah, Cr- Chris Morgan was. Chris Morgan was. Okay, because I know Bobby Johnson. I know one of them, Bobby, Bobby Jones, Bobby Johnson was with the Redskins back in the day as an officer line coach. Yeah. So I'm not sure which one you're talking about, but man, moving forward, man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sit back, man, and let this thing finish, man, and um, let's go. That's all I can say. Right. God bless y'all. Stay up, Appreciate man. you, little. Thank you, pal. <coughs> Excuse me. Choked up on a drink uh, that I was having. Uh, let's get Jeff and Vienna in here real quick. What's up, Jeff? How are you? Uh, happy Monday, Chris. Thank and you, uh, good riddance. Good riddance to the Chiefs, to Taylor, to Travis, the whole traveling circus. So we're on to next year. Uh, you know, I, I, I will. I will tell you this, I, and this is going to come off sounding very callous and and crass and whatever. Uh, you know, the the bump on Andy Reid, what he did on stage, which I know you won a Super Bowl, but I, I, calm down, pal. I, nobody needs to hear that stuff. Nobody cares. Uh, please go away. for. A co- I mean, please leave us between the Kelsey brothers running around like they own the NFL. Please just go away for it. Uh, take a couple of months off and leave us alone. Well, a buddy of mine's son was, was- – Travis's quarterback at UC and the, the guy's just basically a rockhead. I mean, you know, he, he got kicked off the football team twice when he was there. So, mm. um, you know, now we'll probably have to hear about, well, is he in Indonesia with Taylor Swift and is he in Malaysia? I, I, we don't care yeah. people. It, yeah. It's over. Just yeah. give up on it. I need it, so. a couple of months um, off from those guys. 
Yeah, and, and looking forward to next year, I'm, I'm kind of hoping it's not Bengals at Kansas City on opening night. I'm hoping Houston's, Houston's a better fit for opening night than the Bengals at Kansas City. Um, I, I, I don't want to jump into that fire on the first game um, if we can also avoid it. I, the previous caller was like, oh, I don't think Kansas City's going to, you know, they might win two or three more. Uh, Bengals are plus 1,400 to win the Super Bowl next year. I think that's, that's a reasonable value right there at least. So um, now going into the combine and the draft and everything is, is the Redskin coaching staff, the commanders, I'm sorry, settled for the time being. Uh, not completely. I mean, obviously they've got their coordinators and they now have their offensive line coach and some of their, but they still haven't, they still haven't hired tight ends coach. They still haven't hired, um, uh, defensive line. They still haven't hired linebackers and defensive backs, uh, unless I'm forgetting about it. Uh, they still haven't hired all of those guys. But they've got their three okay, coordinators, so they and they've got their offensive line coach, which essentially is part of a coordination. There, so there's still some work to do before the combine. What about behind the scenes on the scout? Like, I know Biennemi's not there, blah, 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 blah. What about, like, scouting staff people and stuff? Do you think they retained any of those guys? Well, they're retaining them, at least as of right now, through the draft. But that that's what most teams do, right? Most teams, when they hire a new general manager, i.e. Adam Peters, in January, don't come in and blow out the staff right away because the staff in place, unless it's so egregious, so bad, such a bad fit, the staff in place has a lot of the work already done. So you'd be losing – you know, a lot of the advantage, the tactical advantage and information that you have from people. I mean, all that information, scouting reports and whatnot, is entered into a computer system, so they would have that. But you don't have the – you know, if you come in and blow out Marty Herney and blow out Martin Mayhew and blow out uh, Tim Gribble and blow out road scouts, you're losing a lot of the advantage and a lot of the work that these people and a lot of the evaluation. Now, there is a risk in that, in that if they are truly bad at their jobs – you know, then obviously you're keeping on somebody that's not as good. So we, we will see. But I expect yeah. changes basically in mid-May is what I would say. Okay. Um, not definitive, not definite, um, but I would say you it would be mid-May before you see anything. So uh, we'll see. Jeff, I appreciate you? you as always. Always good to okay. uh, hear from you. Got to let you run so we can get a quick time out. And when we return, it was a banner weekend for the great one. You'll hear about it all next. Thirty-five seconds left. One timer from Pasternak. Great job by Jensen again, stepping up to block that out of the zone. Here's Ovechkin looking for the empty net. He got it. He scores. Alex Ovechkin, the goal streak alive on an empty net goal with 26.3 to go. The Capitals going to get the win here in Boston. It's three, nothing. Alex Ovechkin, goal 12 on the year. Goals in four in a row and 8.34 in his NHL career. He is 60 away from Wayne Gretzky. Oh, the great John Walton on the call. 1067, the Fed Caps Radio and the Odyssey app. Not only all of that, but what that empty net goal did was tie Ovechkin 
before another record of Wayne Gretzky. That's right. The empty net goal record, which I guess we should have known was a thing. Number 57 of his career. Uh, actually, I'm sorry. It broke Gretzky's record. Number 57 uh, in terms of empty nets. Uh, empty net goals is what he wanted to say, which now puts him ahead of Wayne Gretzky. All part of a 3-0 pull-away shutout. The best win of the year, period. And then, as you heard John mention, that was game four in a row with a goal. Yesterday afternoon, quick turnaround, travel back from Boston. Early start, 1.30. Capitals play another great game. And part of that was Mr. Grade 8. Back along the left side, it controlled here for Strom. The shot from Ovechkin, he scores! The goal streak continues! Ovechkin gives Washington the lead, 12-23 to go in the second. It's 2-1 Washington! Uh, when you're hot, you're hot right now, and the big guy is finally hot. We've been waiting all season for it. Five games in a row, and the Capitals played another whale of a game, losing to a very good Canucks team with about four seconds left in overtime, so they get the point. Alex Ovechkin's Chase of the Great One is presented by our friends at Main Street Bank. Cheer local. Bank local. Put their team in your office. Visit mstreetbank.com for more information. Again, Alex Ovechkin with goals in five straight. Now just carrying the Capitals. 835 on his career and now 59 away from tying Wayne Gretzky. So congratulations to the great eight. The Capitals need every single thing, every single ounce that they can get from Alex Ovechkin. Coming up next, after a trending alert, Michael Lombardi, longtime NFL executive, uh, guest on this show. Uh, good, goo, good dude. Uh, he will break down Super Bowl 58 with us right after a trending alert. All right, so as we mentioned, the Commanders reportedly have a new offensive line coach, Bobby Johnson, last with the New York Giants, fired in early January by Brian Dable after a couple of years, and the Giants obviously struggled, uh, but with a lot of injuries, uh, despite having two top 10 picks as they are bookend tackles. Also, Ryan Kerrigan, uh, first reported by John Kahn of ESPN, going to stay around as a pass rush specialist and assistant linebackers coach. The fallout from Super Bowl 58 last night, the Niners players apparently didn't know the new overtime uh, playoff rules. Trust me, they weren't the only one. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs going to shoot for a three-peat, uh, which, of course, has not happened uh, next year. And the Chiefs win a third Super Bowl for Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. And that's what's trending. All right, good to have you with us. 3.33 as we wrap shop, uh, wrap up shop here on a Motown Monday. Joining us right now on the BetQL guest hotline is longtime NFL executive, multi-time author. Make sure you check out and get football done right. Setting the record straight on coaches, players, and the history of the NFL. It's available wherever you get your books, Amazon, and everything in between. We just put up a picture of the front cover. It is the great Michael Lombardi uh, who has uh, – who has done everything in this game and continues to do it at a very, very high level. Always a pleasure to have Mr. Lombardi on with us at M Lombardi NFL on Twitter slash X. Michael, great to have you with us as always. How are you, my friend? 
I am good, Chris. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely appreciate you as always. So as uh, you know, I've, of course, spent first two and a half hours of the show rewinding on Super Bowl 58. Let's take the Chiefs first before we get to Kyle uh, and the 49ers. I mean, clearly they are an incredible organization, everything in between. I guess the question that I would have for you as you see it, did the defense largely win this Super Bowl and carry them throughout the year? Or do you still give the ultimate tip of the cap to Patrick Mahomes and the offense and I guess Andy Reid because Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid are Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid? No, I think they changed who they were. I mean, look, let's face it. They they weren't making explosive plays. They turned the ball over quite a bit. Their defense kept them in games, only gave up 14 points over the last four games until this one. Uh, they were able to do timely blitzes. They won the fourth quarter. This game was exactly how the other games went. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, they had Buffalo had a chance to put the game away, couldn't do it. Uh, we saw Baltimore turn the ball over in the red zone. Yesterday they kept they kept uh, San Francisco out of the red zone on a critical third and five in the overtime game. They stopped them on third and five before the two-minute warning, after the two-minute warning, and that really ended up winning the game. And so for me – yeah, this is a defense, and of course the offense complements the defense. And what I don't think nobody talks about, and we did on my show, the Lombardi line, is the fact that you have to understand that in these games, these Super Bowls, they're so long, and the defense gets tired. Everybody gets tired. Mm-hmm. They're five-hour games, yep. and everybody's playing hard, and everybody's going all out. And we saw it in this game. The fourth quarter is when the scoring takes place. And the 49ers' defensive front was out of gas. I agree. And they're not a good blitzing team, and they can't really blitz, so it became a real issue. And Mahomes ended up going touchdown, field goal, field goal, touchdown, win the game. Yeah, that's why I didn't kill uh, – and, and we'll do more on the Chiefs offense in a sec. But that's why I didn't kill Kyle for the decision at the start of overtime, even though it's very easy to. And I understand I would have done something different. But I didn't kill him because even though he said you know, whatever his public reasoning was – I looked around and I said, man, Michael, you know, they, they were on the field for 11 plays on that final game-tying drive and had to make a red zone or a goal-to-go stand just to keep them out of the end zone. And, and, and then, you, you know, if you put them right back on the field, they're almost surely going to give up a touchdown, I think, because of exactly what you said. Their pass rush was out of – I mean, they were running on fumes, and because they don't blitz a lot, you can't generate extra pressure that way. Thoughts on that? I agree. And so they also, before that drive, you know, before they had the 11-play drive at the two-minute warning, they had gone 12 plays to play before mm-hmm. the drive mm-hmm. before. Correct. So they had 23 plays in the fourth quarter, and, and that was a real issue. And so they were tired. I, I think, look, they had a chance to win the game, Chris. Where they should have won the game was right before the two-minute warning. So the two-minute warning, the clock is ticking down towards the two-minute. They can't stop the clock. Uh, until the two, they can't stop it. They have to run a play, and they ran a bootleg to Kettle. And Kettle caught the ball to kept it in bounds. That was really risky. That should have been a run because what you wanted to do is from go from second and five to third and three or third and two or third and one, whatever, right? And if you throw an incomplete pass there, you're giving Andy Reid another timeout because you have to get that first down there because if you don't get a first down there, the game, you're basically praying it gets to overtime. Mm. You're praying it gets to overtime. And so I think that's the big issue, right? They lost it there. And then in the red zone, for whatever reason, and I don't know why it happened, but they blow a protection in the red zone. And that protection, 
you know, they've got Ayuk wide open in the end zone for a touchdown, and that protection by breaking down allowed Chris Jones to come free, and and Purdy had to get rid of the football yep. because he wasn't, you know, he's under pressure. So, you know, they made bad plays at the worst times you could make them. Yeah, they were bad on third down, that Chris Jones play that you mentioned. And, and unlike the one in Buffalo where, you know, when he, he got a lot of credit, and I'm not saying he doesn't deserve credit, but he walked Deion Dawkins back into Josh Allen, but really barely, in my opinion, altered the play. If I remember correctly, he significantly altered that throw from Brock Purdy that you're talking about on third down. And oh. then the the other third down blitz from um, – um, uh, what's his name? The corner uh, th- that was so good last night. Why am I drawing a blank? Um, not Legereus Sneed, but the other uh, Kansas City corner. Uh, yeah, McDuffie. There you go. Thank you. Sorry about that. Uh, I mean, I mean, Spags. Like Spags may never be a head coach again. I I don't know. People like pay so much attention to like previous record with bad teams, but he's the best defensive coordinator. I, I mean, he, is is it impossible to argue anybody else? He's so good at what he does, and this Chiefs defense again carried this team. Yeah, I mean, he did, but it's timely blitzes, right? Yeah. So that's where he won the game. You know, the zero blitz off the two-minute warning, everybody knew he was going to zero blitz there, and he did, and he got home. McDuffie tipped the ball. You know, so that was a timely call. See, we never give enough credit to the defensive coordinator when he makes a call. We only talk about the offensive coordinator when a play is successful. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's really the difference. And, you know, he had Michael, a great Michael, let me, let, me, let me stop you there. I, you know I love you, but – I. You're speaking my love language here because I scream about this all the time. Exactly your point there. And by the way, I good job out of you. I heard you talking uh, and shutting Grant Paulson down yes, uh, last week in Las Vegas because we argue about that all the time. Grant only cares about offense. I care about everything. Well, I mean, I think the game is three-dimensional, right? You can't – it's not just about offense. Yeah. I mean, no, I agree. look, the, the, we just witnessed the Kansas City Chiefs win – two back-to-back Super Bowls after they traded Tyreek Hill. Yep. Now, we're about to enter We are about to enter draft season. We're about to enter where every mock draft has 25 wide receivers picked in the first round, and everybody is going to say on your show and every show that unless you get a wide receiver, you can't win. And so, you know, unless you draft a wide receiver in the first round, you're never going to be able to move the football, mm. which is complete nonsense because the Miami Dolphins have two number one receivers and they can't get past the first round of the playoffs, partly because their defense is hurt. This Chief team won without a great receiver. Now, Kelsey's not the same player, but they won because they had enough resources defensively. And I think ultimately they've done a great job and they can play man-to-man. See, here's the biggest issue with San Francisco. Everybody wants to talk about the decision in overtime. San Francisco can't play man-to-man. They've never been a man-to-man team. They went to the Super Bowl in 19. They lost. They gave up 21 points in the fourth quarter because they can't play man-to-man. The defensive front gets tired. They're a zone team. And average quarterbacks become great in man-to-man. So that was a big issue. The other thing that's a real problem was the fact that he couldn't – they didn't do anything. Once they got tired, they can't blitz. So – what Kyle has to do is change defensively how he approaches it. You just can't be a zone team like Pete Carroll mm-hmm. and Dan Quinn have been over the years. Dan Quinn started to play more man-to-man. You've got yep. to be able to have diversification within your defensive front. You got to be, Defense is like baseball pitchers. If you only throw fastballs, you get hit. If you throw three pitches, you've got a better chance to be a 20-game winner.
Excellent point. Michael Lombardi, our guest on the BetQL guest hotline. Again, make sure you get football done right. Uh, as well, Gridiron Genius, a previous book, uh, still available, Amazon, wherever you get your books. Uh, follow Michael, of course, on Twitter, X, at M Lombardi NFL. Of course, the GM Shuffle Pod, uh, VEASAN as well, and everything in between, multi-time Super Bowl winner. Uh, the man has done it all in great insight and analysis. So I opened up the show saying, you know, everybody wants to kill Kyle, and Kyle deserves some of the blame. Don't get me wrong, obviously, as we just kind of discussed. But to me, special teams win so many games, loses so many games, however you want to spin it, and it cost them eight points last night. The seven, which turns into an immediate touchdown for Kansas City off the, the weird, not muffed punt, but uh, the punt off the, 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 uh, the blocker's foot yeah. that goes past Ray Ray McLeod, and then the, the blocked extra point. If you have those eight points, you know, I, I mean, of course, the game's way different. Why do we not focus media-wise and I guess in the, in, maybe even in the, in the football world on special teams more, Michael, because it seems like it, defi- it decides so many more games, and it, in my opinion, it decided the game last night. Well, I mean, I think the missed extra point created overtime, right? Yeah. So if, if Kansas City's down four at that point, when they get the ball back with two timeouts and and down four, they're going to be a little bit more aggressive, especially when they crossed over midfield, yeah. right? So they knew they had overtime once they got there because Buckner's so great. And so they took their chances and they made some plays. They caught them in two blitzes that they didn't execute on third down, and they were able to do that. But I, I think to me – the, the muff punt was whether you're good in special teams or not, that kid didn't see the ball and it hit his foot. And, you know, McLeod tried to get on it. He couldn't do it. Look, I thought the special teams for the Niners with Wisniewski is tremendous because that guy is one of the best inside 20 punters, and he was doing it yesterday. Mm-hmm. He controlled field position. But when this nine front, same thing with the Chiefs, when they got tired, they no longer had the impact on the game. They couldn't rush the passer to the same level. I'm with you. I'm with you completely. I mean, Armstead was awesome. I mean, Chase Young was great in the first half. Uh, uh, you know, Bose obviously doing his thing. Javon Hargrave made a couple of plays in the second half as a big guy, but there was really no impact as that game uh, wore uh, down. You mentioned um, – all right, one more question about the Super Bowl. I, I mean, I have more, but I, I just got to simplify it. Um, I, I said Kyle's going to feel the pressure, the urge to do something different. This offseason, so the two scenarios I cooked up in my feeble brain, and you'll probably squash them, but I'll ask it anyway. One, Kirk Cousins as a free agent and supersedes Brock Purdy, even though last night wasn't necessarily Brock Purdy's fault, or he somehow gives up play calling, which I don't think he's going to do. You buy any of those two? Not even closely. He's the best play caller on the team. Yeah. Why would he give that up? Well, yeah, just because he's better than him. I, no, I, I mean, agree. I, I agree. But I, I think yeah. that that's what his specialty is. I think he's got to change how he approaches defense. Mm-hmm. And why would he want to pay Kirk Cousins fifty million? How much better is Kirk Cousins going to make the Forty ers Seriously, how much better is he going to make them in terms of Brock Purdy averaged almost ten yards per attempt? Mm-hmm. I mean, so now you're going to ask, now you want me to spend fifty million? to improve how much? How much am I improving? You know, I think Brock Purdy was good. I don't I think, think they was lost good. Brock Purdy. Yeah. I think they lost because they don't have man-to-man corners. I would rather play – I would rather take the money I want to give to – I want to give the you, – you want to give the Cousins, yeah. and I want to give that money to defensive backs or another def- a rusher. They're not going to pay Chase Young. Chase Young's realistically not going to get what he thinks he's going to get in the open market. So – 
I think those two moves I would squash. All right. I mean, I you know, I, I wanted to run it past you because you're smarter than me, but, you know, I was just something that I cooked up in my head because I think – right. It doesn't make me right, Chris. <laughs> just to me, I don't see that. Like, the hardest thing to do in sports, yep. and it's partly what you have to do in your job, and I have to do why they won and why they lost. Yeah, that's fair. Right? That's fair. And so once you figure that out, like, they didn't lose because Brock Purdy was bad. They lost two Super Bowls because – Nope. It's tired. They can't dominate the game. And so you've got to and, – and look, the next time you go to a Super Bowl, whether it's in New Orleans or whether it's five hours, it goes for a long time. It's hard, and it wears the players down. You need depth. I actually think they need a banger. I think they need another runner to go with McCaffrey because I think McCaffrey's a luxury item. I don't think he is the driving force to an offense. Hmm. I think he's great. And I want him on my team. And I think he does so many unique things. But I think sometimes in the fourth quarter, when he's been running as much as he has, they need a banger to close the game out. One last one for you, Michael Lombardi, with us. Again, make sure you get football done right. Available wherever you get your books, Amazon and everything in between. At M Lombardi NFL on Twitter. Uh, Dan Quinn, I haven't had a chance to talk to you since he came abo- aboard here. I like the hire. Do you? I mean, I think, look, Dan deserves a second chance. Took a team. He's two games over. I think he's two games over 500. He's got positive energy. Look, this is really about the franchise, how they set it up. Adam Peters is the general manager. They want to they run a basketball model. They want the GM to control the personnel. They want the head coach. They only gave him a four-year contract because they want to have the ability to maybe make a change like they do in the NBA, but they believe it's all about the GM. I'm not sure I agree with that because the two teams that just played in the Super Bowl, the head coach controls all the personnel in the front office. So we'll see how it works out. I like Dan Quinn. I hope it really does. Michael, as always, thank you so much. Wish we had more time, but appreciate you as always, and, uh, and we'll catch up real soon, okay? Thank you. There you go. That is Michael Lombardi. Of course, make sure you get the book, Football Done Right. Excellent uh, spot there. All right, so maybe I'm a little bit of a whack job. I, I, just, I just think Kyle's going to feel a lot of pressure internally. I just think Kyle's going to feel a lot of pressure. Coming up, dum-dum of the day. We wrap it up here on a post-Super Bowl Monday on the Team 980. Craig Hoffman about 15 minutes away. Stay tuned. All right, once again, thanks to Michael Lombardi for joining us. If you missed that spot, hit the Odyssey Rewind feature. And again, get the book football done right as well. Gridiron genius in the past forward by Bill Belichick. And we didn't even get in a question on Belichick. I know he's, you know, frustrated that Belichick did not get a job. He was one Belichick's right hand man for uh, a while. So um, and and again, Belichick did, you know, the forward on Gridiron Genius. All right, Craig Hoffman coming up in about 10 minutes, maybe a little bit less time now to wrap up the show, how we always try and wrap up the show with a little bit of laugh and a little bit of zaniness. It's time for Dumb Dumb of the Day. Uh, This story was from a little while ago in Nebraska. Imagine driving along a highway late at night And you call the police and say, hey, there's a guy driving on the wrong side of the road. Beep, beep. And he's weaving and he looks drunk. 
and you're doing a good deed, and the dispatcher is asking all sorts of questions, and then all of a sudden, you pull over to the side of the road because a cop turns his lights on, and he pulls you over, and he says, excuse me, sir, you know why I pulled you over? He said, yeah, because I was driving on the wrong side of the road. That's right. A guy in Nebraska, allegedly drunk, was arrested after calling 911 on himself. What? Quote, like a dumb... (laughs) He called 911 to report himself and got pulled over making a call to the dispatch by a police officer. And I just heard the video or the audio and the video. And it literally played out again. He's calling the dispatch, telling the dispatch all that he sees driver on the wrong side of the road, beeping and wobbing, weaving and, and bobbing, whatever. And it turns out that it's him. That's driving on the wrong side of the road and is drunk and calls in on himself because the police officer who pulls him over says, were you the guy that was just calling on dispatch? (laughs) I mean, again, I'm not encouraging, laughing, what have you. This guy stinks! At driving drunk, bad, bad, bad. However, you've got to watch the video because... Yes, literally, the guy ratted himself out. Now, maybe he would have been in trouble anyway. I'm sure he was. But he said there was a truck on the wrong side of Highway 77 in Nebraska that ran him off the road, and instead it turned out to be him. Ah, what a dum-dum. Congratulations. You're Chris's dum-dum of the day. Yeah, the officer said, do you know why I stopped you? He said, yeah, because I was on the wrong side of the road. And he blamed it on missing an exit. Oh, my God. And he wasn't even driving a truck. Oh, you can't make some of this stuff up. All right, Craig Hoffman coming up next, back from Las Vegas. Thanks to Matty Ice. Thanks to Michael Lombardi. Thanks to you for calling, being a part of the show. No doc tomorrow. I think he's in for Hoffman. Uh, so I think we're solo, as far as I know. And we'll do, obviously, some on this uh, monumental shift in politics in terms of the new Capitals and Wizards planned arena. Uh, Maybe we'll get an expert on because I sure as heck am not an expert in that regard. Thanks, everybody, for being with us. Craig Hoffman up next right here on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app.